elk in Africa would probably be the kudu. Okay. So you could come over and you could take a kudu, a wildebeest, a blessed buck, a springbuck, an impala, and a warthog for 6,000 bucks. And get seven days of five-star accommodation, fully inclusive. Isn't that crazy? Done. Okay. That's Drum roll, please. Let's get off the call. Uh, and these are trophy seriously. animals. Not These are not many. These are trophy animals. So you can go for the price of your average mule deer hunt or elk or whatever. And you're hunting beautiful areas with thousands of head of game. And you've probably got a, if you can shoot, you've got a 99% chance of getting all your animals. From Montana to Mexico, Texas to Tajikistan, Alaska to Asia, Colorado to Canada, Rolling Bones Outdoors presents Hunt the World. Our team at Rolling Bones Outdoors is here to help you create memories that will last a lifetime. Are you ready? Let's hunt the world. Thanks for joining us today for this week's episode of Hunt the World with Rolling Bones Outdoors. We are glad to have you here at the Bone Cave today and uh, joining in, listening in, wherever you're at in the world. We hope your day is going super well, and we hope you're planning your next adventure. Absolutely. What do you think? Hey, I think this is episode 200. That's something that's cool. 200. 200 without having one. We haven't missed a week. We haven't missed a week. No repeats. No repeats. No replays. I don't even no know if that's, of. yeah, that's pretty crazy. I, I'm seriously proud of it yeah. um, because with our schedules, holy smokes, pulling that off has been uh, a miracle some weeks. Oh my goodness. I don't know how we've done it. Logistically, it's been, yeah, it's been a challenge. It's It's been, it's been work, but every great thing ever yeah. is a challenge. You know, you want to great yep. relationship i always say preparation and communication is 100 percent of success and uh um Speaking and we can always we can always yep. get better so well you think of all the the interesting people that you've interviewed and we've had on the show in the outdoor industry it's been amazing and 66 countries 60,000 downloads i mean it's just uh it's an amazing thing when you think about it all at, at 250 we'll have to do something big what do you think I think so. We have to celebrate the anniversary of the company, though, too. A quarter of a thousand. Yeah, I don't. I don't know how I feel about that yet. <laughs> okay. Um, but but, but yeah, we should. We, we need to do a lot of that stuff. We, we need do. to look at it. Well, you know what? You, thin sheets of paper make a book. The reality is, what I always say about writing a book <laughs> is that you put the paper in, and then you fill the sheets. The difference in building a business is you fill the sheets. So anyway, today we have some special guests with us. To my left, as you've heard from already, is Bleep, which I appreciate you being here. Bleep. Two hundred. Two hundred. God bless it days. You've been there sitting you there. Go. Listen yeah, to this shit. Isn't that crazy? <laughs> I think there were a couple where Bailey was actually at the helm, so I'm glad Bailey was here. There you go. She sat there and she made she fun did. of us. So across the table is uh, Brad, as always. Uh, now I should probably be looking at something uh, for a reward for or award for reward too wouldn't be bad. An award and a reward for myself for being on this podcast with him 200 times in a row, uninterrupted. Don't you think, Brad? I think you deserve something. I'm yeah. not sure what. Yeah. I don't, don't know that you want to get I do. your reward. I do. For <laughs> sure. Not that. Whatever. So, listen, I just want to let you know I got, a, um, I got an unbelievable present from Brett Miller today and, uh, um, and a super nice letter, Brett. Big shout out to you. Appreciate you, Iowa boy. Uh, we've been hanging out since we were before a kindergarten. He got me a shirt. Fuck Ryan, fuck 
around and find out. <laughs> Beautiful. I just love it. So that was my gift today. Oh. I was laughing. I'm like, that is so. I got a black one and a white one. Oh my so, gosh! Um, it's funny because we we ran into our uh, our Tajikistan outfitter and he came running down. It gave us a big hug, and that's exactly what he said. That was the first words out of his mouth. <laughs> Which was an amazing trip. That was a lot of fun. Yeah. Jonathan, thank Needless you, you and I. to say that's not going to be on the website for sale anytime soon. No, that T-shirt? No. No, I think I'm going to come up with my own um, for hunting. But anyway, we I've already got some ideas. We'll work that. But the star of the show today in Spearfish, South Dakota, Yay. is uh, Russ. It's great to have you, Russ Field. First time here. First time on this podcast. You're not, from these, you're not from these parts, are you? No. He's from Australia, <laughs> can't you tell? Oh, nah. Australia. <laughs> That'll piss him uh-huh. off. That'll piss him yeah. off. Just right away. We are from the land of the rugby world champions. That's true. That'll be South Africa. Hi, mate. <laughs> rugby. No, that's a more Australian. Rugby is that that like is that, that's like football, isn't it? It's funny because I was talking to yeah. D- David T. Williams today, Doctor <laughs> Doctor David T. Williams, and I and he is crazy, man. He called me up and he goes, "Hey, just so you know, he sent me some dates." And I go, "What the hell are those dates for?" And he goes, "Oh, I just want you to know that uh, um, I uh, I'm well taken care of. I have two sheep hunts back to back in 25." And I go. I, you told me you were going to do that. And I go, I know. You, I thought you'd think it was funny. And I go, you know what that tells me? You're one of the smartest guys I've ever met and one of the dumbest guys I've ever met at the same time. And uh, um, and I said, you know how I know that? Because you play rugby. <laughs> and he started laughing. Because you play rugby? Because uh, you play <laughs> rugby. Those guys are smart and dumb all at the same time. All right. Okay. Don't yep. You, how, you mean, what are yep. the big, so, smart. A lot of them are doctors and lawyers. I know. But it. others are just guys who bash their heads on the brick walls all day and play <laughs> rugby <laughs> so, so that's r- football without a helmet right kind of i mean yeah. what yep. do the rugby players think of the soccer players do they get along well uh, soccer is not a real sport because when you can grab your ankle and see, act like you dislocated that, the whole thing yeah, like, and you roll around yeah. and cry and then they put up a flag and then you put up they, they <laughs> take another it. flag out and they throw flags around okay. and then you jump back up and you play for another hour no. If a football player ever grabbed his knee no. like that, he's he's yeah. literally going to surgery. If a rugby player did it, he's probably going to be in a coma. Oh, probably. <laughs> It'd be about that time. Yeah, that kind of thing. Am I right or wrong? You are 100% correct. Oh, there you go. Wow. So yeah. how do you really feel about soccer, Brian? <laughs> I mean, let's not – It's kind of like golf or tennis. Love, you know. Oh, yeah, or uh, basketball. Uh, birdie. Um, not par. so much. Oh, come on. So, mm-hmm. Russ, how long have you been – Outfitting. Oh, so we should tell everybody yeah. because yeah, yeah. you're the one that digressed this. And I did not. Di- I'm trying. Yes, you did. As, um, as so always, I'm trying to circle it back. Oh to my god! That, we uh-huh. could, you could go listen to all 200 <laughs> episodes of this shit and know that's not true. And okay, this back. might be the last one. <laughs> so, welcome to 200, everybody. So, Russ is an African outfitter and is our African outfitter. And we're establishing a relationship to do super uber customized packages that allow people to have an awareness of what's available, no matter what the cost and what the length from bottom end to high end. But the service will be extraordinary the same, no matter if they spend 5,000 or 50,000, the service and experience is going to be the best you can offer. Five star. And that's what we're we're working on offering, right? Yep. And you're here for three days getting that all set up. Yep. And uh, yeah. So now, day, how long have you been there, like Brad said? I've been outfitting full-time since 1992. So so you started when you were time. super young. I started right out of university. I did a wildlife uh, management degree and decided that was probably not what I wanted to do. So 
started hunting. You started managing wildlife then. Yeah. Well, <laughs> and I, I've never had a boss. So I bought a company right off the bat. I bought a gun store and a hunting company. And that's where I've been. So I've still never had a boss. But so tell us about, so you're a, you're a PH. Yep. So tell us about that. What does that entail? Um, a PH is the professional hunter on the ground. The outfitter is the guy who does the bookings and does the hunting. But we get crossbred outfitter professional hunters. So you actually do, you, you, you run from the shows, booking the guys, meeting them, greeting them. And doing the hunts, the whole lot. So uh, it is a, it is something you need to go and physically do. You need to go on a professional hunting course, um, which I was lucky enough after a couple of years, I actually bought and owned one of the schools that trained professional hunters. So we also had access to a lot of guides and we saw a lot of guides coming through and you could be picky about guys you wanted to work for you. You got so, you got to pick the cream of the crop. So how exactly. many were, were there? A lot of Americans from the um, that I don't want to say Americans. That's such such a, a narcissistic, self-centered ex, you know expression. Americans because America's North and South. Mm-hmm. Americans, so anybody it, was there a lot of U.S. candidates or guides in those classes? No zero. You zero. get maybe maybe one or two, but you weren't allowed to operate anyway without a work permit, and that takes a few years to get. So there mm-hmm. were some that did it. Because they wanted to be a professional hunter, or they wanted to do the course and see what it entails. So, what does it but, entail? Uh, Tell us about it. It is a course that um, it starts with animal and vegetation and birds and identification of. Uh, you need to be able to identify, obviously, and you need to be able to judge sizes, which you do. There's a practical side. You actually have to judge sizes and do things. You need a whole bunch. You need a, you need a knowledge of guns and ammo and scopes and what you do. Uh, the, the one thing that you can't teach, though, are people skills, and that's the most important part of any professional hunter and outfit. If he doesn't have people skills, anyone can crawl out from under a rock and go and shoot an animal or say, there's one, shoot it. But if you don't have people skills, you're not going to make it in the business. It's just not going to go anywhere. You definitely have that trait going for you as well then, don't you? (laughs) Um, So your PH, Mm. and so how many guides do you have? At the moment, I've got two full-time and probably five or six part-time guides that I'm comfortable letting go with hunters so i've been doing it for most of the for the first 20 years i try to do everything on my own because i i always thought nobody could do it as well as i could but you just can't keep up and there's not enough hours in the day and you just don't have you don't have a life so if you're if you're in the united states and you book an elk hunt a lot of times you're elk hunt you're gonna you're gonna go with your buddy and it's gonna be a two-on-one hunt is, uh-huh. that, is that how they do it there you get t- Two hunters and one guide, or is it? Yeah. It's a little different there usually. Isn't it, it depends on what you want. There are two-on-one options, one-on-one options. I've never heard Brad uh, do an Oprah interview quite like this. Oh, I want to hear go. about it. But, but I'm I sorry. haven't I'm been. S- I'm super happy it's right. happening. <laughs> if you are your 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 dangerous game is normally a All one-on-one hunt. So, if you're hunting big game or dangerous game, it's normally a one-on-one hunt. Some a lot of your plans game is. Two-on-one. If you get a group of guys, you might have six or eight hunters and three or four professional hunters, and then we'll swap them around and chop and change them between the guides so that you get everyone gets to meet everyone and 
you don't hunt the same area you split up and move and you get back into camp normally for lunch and back in time for sundowners or drinks and dinner where everyone's together again so you might be on the same big property but you are separate in what you're hunting and where you're hunting so you get you get you get a great hunting experience so you, you have a lot of guy, uh, groups maybe come over is that pretty common yeah i do a lot of family hunts where we'll do and i do a lot of kids starting out i've probably done 90 or 100 first-time hunters never killed an animal that have been out and hunted and we guide them along the way um but I do a lot of father, son, grandfather, granddaughters, grandsons, whatever. We do a lot of family groups, which is it's quite a rewarding way to hunt. But then we also do some hardcore climbing the biggest mountains, you know, whatever the guys want to do. So it depends on how physical a guy is as well. If you've got guys that are a little challenged, well, then they you, you can make it a bit easier for them and you don't have to walk up the biggest mountain you go to a concession that's easier to handle well and uh yeah you do that but anything that you can uh how's that knee brad <laughs> yeah so just so you listeners know you can't see this but i was writing some notes i looked up and brad's like pointing at me like i couldn't get up the mountain but it, all of you that have been seeing a show walk around with his walker and um, falling out of his clothes, you know that that's just a hyperbolization, that that's not true. So anyway. Um, <laughs> what do you right. say in there, Brian? Um, nothing. Okay. Nothing. I wasn't implying anything. I okay. stated the facts. Yeah. Okay. The implication that the audience couldn't see that I wasn't privy to till I lifted my head was needed to yeah. be uh, publicly I just brought had a finger to everybody's cramp. attention. Oh. So I have a question for you. Okay, not yep. to drive away from that, but I had some specific things. That we, I want to jump into, okay, everybody thinks international hunting is expensive. Now, I think that what's happening is there's more and more awareness that it's actually probably cheaper than $11,000 elk hunt now that you have a 60% chance of killing an elk after 20 years of drawing the tag, and it's now 12000 bucks or 14000 bucks to go hunting. So elk, I think, I think there's this juggling in the industry right now, and the, the, uh, um, there's a lot of unknowns of what's going to happen to U.S. hunting and what this price actually goes to. And then where can the guy who still, you know, is working a blue-collar job, where can he go or she go um, experience an adventure like this? So if I came to your booth, yep, I said, I have a $6,000 budget, and I can afford a $1,000 plane ticket over, so seven grand all in, can I come hunting in Africa with you? Absolutely. And And – Okay, explain what that would look like for a, for a six thousand dollar hunt. What, what what would I have? Okay, you would just, have just ballpark. We have what you, you're talking about elk. The elk in Africa would probably be the kudu. Okay, so you could come over and you could take a kudu, a wildebeest, a blessed buck, a springbuck, an impala, and a warthog for. 6,000 bucks and get seven days of five-star accommodation fully inclusive. Isn't that crazy? Done. Okay. <laughs> Boom. That's Drum roll, please. <laughs> Let's get off the call. Uh, and these are trophy Seriously. animals. Not These are not many. These are trophy animals. So you can go for the price of your average mule deer hunt or elk or whatever. If you've got $11,000 you're going to spend, you can go and take eight or ten of our top species 
spend 10 days in a great lodge, guided, and I mean, and, and our lodges are in those, even on your $6,000 hunt. You have a daily laundry service, your rooms are cleaned every day, your meals are cooked for you, best wines, drinks, all your meals, everything's done, and your guide, and you're hunting beautiful areas with thousands of head of game. And you've probably got a, if you can shoot, you've got a 99% chance of getting all your animals. Wow. Getting all your animals. Yeah. So getting those, all of those you, listed. You mentioned four. Five. Five. Yeah. Five for seven grand. Yeah. Yeah. Wow. And some of the premier ones. And then if you wanted any more, they, you're going to see other species along the way. And okay, those l- are available. Let's stay in the $7,000 yes. bracket. I got six for hunting. I got 1000 for my flight round trip mm-hmm. boom ready to go because they just looked 1500 I, or I, a thousand i just looked today i could go if i was really wanting to go on a budget uh-huh i found a flight for 898 well you can't now, beat that right back of the plane doesn't matter <laughs> it, it's the excitement will bucks. take care of the back of the plane does that mean <laughs> <laughs> all right <laughs> okay so then Trophy care and getting him back into the uh, United States. Because now I want to bring it back. But Brian, but Russ, but Brad, I understand Africa. I've been hearing a lot about it. I've also heard a lot of horror stories that I don't get my animals back. Okay? If I go elk hunting, at least I know I'm going to be bringing my own elk back uh-huh. if, if I even get one. How do I know I'm getting my animals back, and how much is that going to cost me? Because well, I can't we afford do, 12 grand when I get back. Part of the deal when you go over there is you have – a Skinner tracker with you as part of your hunting staff. So they're with us all the time. And those guys are, they do multiple animals. I mean, my deal with my guys is you skin your animals. They are skinned, salted, and tagged before anyone goes to bed. So that's what they do. They, they get the skins off. They get them salted. They get tagged. We do the tags personally. The professional hunter tags every animal with your name, animal part, species, whatever it is, and they all get logged in and they get salted. We've got big salting rooms. Um, my salt room is probably 60 by 25 foot and it's only used for salting. And we've got a about a 50 by 50 foot uh, skinning area with a big gantry, two gantries. We can take buffalo and eland up there, big animals. And then we've got walk-in coolers where we put the meat in. But your, and those trophies, the last day of your safari, we'll call the local taxidermist or whoever we're using at the time. I've got, there are guys we use most of the time. They will come there. And then before you leave, you get a trophy register filled out with all the animals you've taken, where they are, what they were, and the parts you are going to export, which you sign, the professional hunter signs, and the outfitter signs. You'll get a copy of that, um, and those trophies are then collected on the last day of the safari or the day after your safari. The taxidermist arrives and collects them in person, signs them, signs for them, checks that they are in good order, and he takes them back, and then he starts communications with you, the hunter. So from there on in, they are logged into his system, and he will then have all the animals which you took on that safari and it'll be specific to yourself because they're all tagged individually and all parts you get capes back skins so hooves hide horns whatever they are 
What do you think it costs to get those five species back in? Fifteen hundred, three thousand. If you are looking at just dip and pack to a taxidermist back here, mm -hmm. uh, I'm guessing about two to three hundred per animal. Okay, so for five animals, if we go three hundred, fifteen hundred, max two grand. Yeah. Okay, yeah. and then um, taxidermist back completely done. I don't have specific taxidermic costs, but. Your, if you're doing, and I don't know what the costs are in, in the U.S., right. but normally your trophy fee on an animal is about what the taxidermist cost is on an animal if you have it mounted by a reputable guy. Mm -hmm. so and you have all those resources. You put oh, yeah. No, I've got all that stuff too, yeah. And, and so if a guy comes over there and says, okay, I don't have a taxidermist that really knows African animals. Yeah. And so because I think that's a specialty, isn't it? It I, is. I would think so. Yeah, what I try and do as well is if we land at the a time that we can, we'll go to the taxidermist on our way in to the start of the hunt to see what they look like. Or better still, at the end of the hunt, we'll go there and people can have a look at the showroom and they can see how the mounts are turned, which way they look, what they well, that's are. That's a really good idea. And they can then pick up exactly, mm -hmm. and they'll go, in my room I wanted to be looking left right whatever it is and down or up or so you can actually see what, what works for me like. right yeah yeah and we've got uh, i mean the guys have got their showroom has probably got 1500 mounts in it so you can see anything you might want to see and you can have a look at anything now that's a bone cave yeah right what's your most common hunt that you i mean most people probably have a starter hunt. is that the plains game they come out and yeah your starter hunt will normally be um, it'll be normally on the lower end, depending on what your budget is. But most guys will come out. They don't ever come in guns blazing and go, I want all this big stuff. I want this. They want to go there and they want to see how we work. They want to see what happens. So they, our most popular animals are kudu and impala, warthog, uh, wildebeest, gemsbuck, zebra. So guys will take a package like that, like the one we spoke about earlier, and maybe go there on a six seven thousand dollar hunt and they'll then they can see it's easy to get there it's right. easy to get guns in it's easy to do whatever you want to do and your trophies are taken care of you looked after the service is great you're getting what you were told you were going to get and i think that's important to a lot of guys because sometimes they'll go and well we didn't quite get this or did we do and as i will as, as we spoke about earlier i've been in the game a long time and the only way you stay in the game a long time is to actually give people what you tell them you're going to give them. So if you don't do that, your name is going to be down in the gutter very, very quickly. So most guys will come in on a starter hunt. And they, while they're there, they'll be looking and they'll be going, what's that? What's that? What's that? I like those. And they'll already be planning their next hunt. The second safari is the one which is probably the easiest to get anyone to go on because <laughs> they've already be by the time they're flying home on the plane they've got a list of what their next hunt's going to have in it so yeah it is it's a it's a very easy hunt to get guys to go on and then a lot of time you'll get one guy going and he'll be the fact finder mm. so he'll go over He's there the when all his buddies <laughs> are sitting back going i'm not quite sure about this yet but when he gets back they'll be going we in <laughs> we done we all going yep. and he'll go back for a second hunt and bring them on his first hunt russ, on their uh, first hunt. russ what about uh, tags licenses that kind of thing any 
When I when you get a price on a package hunt, it includes everything. It includes from when you land at the airport until and we collect you personally until we personally put you back at the airport. I think that's a really good question because a lot of people I've talked to when they're going to fly internationally or even hunt out west, east coast to west coast hunters, they're always asking, okay, when's the surprise? Where's the surprise cost? I mean, and I know we've had that in Europe, or not in Europe, in uh, Asia before. Asia. Right. Because people get real worried. They get off and they, the outfitter says, yeah, I need 1500 bucks. And, the, and their immediate brain's going, oh, my God, where's the bleeding? This is where the bleeding starts. You know what yeah. I'm saying? And uh, um, so why wasn't that included in the price? I call that rats and mice. At the end of the hunt, you uh, spent – you got a hundred bucks at the bar, and you've got this or that, or you've got a, a small tax we forgot about, or this, or there's nothing worse when you've had a great, great time than getting a bill for another five hundred bucks. It doesn't matter what the amount is; it just it's terrible. It doesn't sit well. It doesn't sit well with me, and I don't do it. So when you get a quote or you get a hunt, no matter what it is, where it is. If there are any exclusions, and the only thing that is really excluded ever is shotgun ammo on high-volume hunts. Everything mm. else will be accounted for, and you will go... Like a white gonna, rhino. Yeah. <laughs> well, a white rhino. You want a white rhino, and we're selling it for 50 grand. There's the f that's what it is. It includes, yeah. from airport to airport, it includes your trophy, um, the, the drying and the salting and taking care of that and the delivery to the taxidermist, that's included. Your meals, your drinks, your accommodation, that's your guide, it's all included. The guys always, and there's a lot of times the guy goes, well, what is not included? If you want to tip your staff, we can give you what a tip schedule should look like. Uh, your average tip schedule is probably... 10% of what you spend on a safari split between your professional hunter and the staff in camp. That's a good start, more or less. 10%. Yeah. And that's a, if you've had an exceptional time, more. But a, that's a, a sort of a right. start. A if you're just looking at how much is it going to cost me, if it's a 10 grand hunt, you're going to have about a thousand bucks to split between trackers, skinners, cleaners, cooks, professional then, hunter, whatever. Oh, okay, it is. so one of the things that we get asked all the time, and we've done a podcast on tipping. Yeah. We like it preferably, Brad and I do, and mm -hmm. I don't want to speak for Brad, but I, and I'm sure he'll make a comment on this. But we like it when we say to the outfitter, okay, we're prepared to do X, 10%, yeah. 12%, 15%. Can you help us split that up so then we can hand it to them and thank them personally, give them their gratuity? Because it's important to us yeah. to let them know how much we appreciate it. Because the gratuity to me is not, you know, I always tell everybody this, if it's a gratuity – and it's not a fee, yeah. then it's up to us what we... Absolutely, and I've always said that. It is not something that is expected. Because <laughs> we just had an outfitter that is getting themselves terminated from our outfitter list because we found out that what they're doing is the final cost before they go in, the final email, is this is what we ex this is what is expected to tip your guide because we only pay them this day rate, yeah. so we expect you to pay them for their wages. no. And, and it, okay, um, so if you're only going to pay your outfitters that in Mexico and that's how you're going to treat yeah. them, then we don't want to do business with you. Yeah. Does what that make I sense? Do, right. 100%. What I do, and um, the guys that have been hunting with me will know, I want you to give whatever you decide we're going to give them or we can decide, you give it to them personally. I, want, I don't want to handle any gratuities unless I'm the guide and you're tipping me. 
I'm happy to take it. If it's for my staff, what I do, and I've now I've got a drawer full of little envelopes, and I'll put their names on it, each staff member, and we'll say, okay, we're going to give a couple of hundred bucks to this one or that one or that one, and you and you go and give it to them personally and shake their hands. I don't want to get involved in that because of that exact thing. We've had cases where we know the guy gets a big gratuity for his staff. He just puts in his pocket and says, sorry, there's nothing for you. So I want all the hunters or whatever they're doing to personally go and give whatever they are to to the staff. How many people on your staff will speak English that can understand when you hand them? Hand all them of them. They all, all everybody, everybody all there speaks. Yeah, they don't. They the might not speak great English, but all the they, trackers they don't and communicate do. very well because yeah. they they're not really conversationalists. But they yeah. they can tell you what the animal is if it's a big one. Come over here, do this. They all speak English, yeah. uh, all of them. Well, and, yeah. and well, that's super nice <coughs> yeah. too that that you you can take the because that's yeah. really what well, the last thing we want to do is so. There's three things I hate on hunts: drama, mm-hmm. okay, lack of communication. All right. Yep. And uh, uh, being the tagalong bitch. Yeah. <laughs> you you should have laughed because no, that was funny. I know. I know exactly <laughs> what you're talking about. Okay. <laughs> what happens is often if you've got a two-on-one hunt, you might have a guy that's the tagalong bitch, because someone will shoot an animal and it'll take half a day to find it, but his buddy's got to tag along with and it. And I'm okay <laughs> if I'm the two-on-one and yeah. and I'm with Brad. Yep. Okay, and that's fine. Yeah, okay. Because the last thing I want to do is, you know, I'm not that guy that's just going to sit around the lodge afterwards. So I'll be the tagline bitch, but I'm going to go with rule number one, no drama. You're doing Does something. that make sense? Because yep. because when I go to camp, it's like, dude, I'm going to be up. I'm just a positive, no drama guy. Yeah. Um, and so and uh, it's a vacation. You don't want drama. No. I, 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 you I, had to get away from drama. The guy that gets in camp and starts throwing the fit, and, and you know, and, right. and, and by the way, I've been there where you're worried about – how this is going to end. I've been there where you spend a shit ton of money oh my and, gosh. and you're going, am I going to get an animal? I'm not getting any <laughs> communication back to me. And the communication I'm getting is not what I'm anticipating. And what I was sold and where we're at is there's an incon there's, there's a frequency change here. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. And, and, and yeah. I want to get us back on the same frequency. So for me, it's nice to hear because that's ultimately, I think, what, you know, for me, that's exactly how I feel. Did you know, Brian, that you have enough preference points to draw an Elin tag over there? The, okay, so that's a really good. So the um, so I had you success. can draw everything. You answered the one success ninety nine percent chance of getting all five species. Yeah. So the, what's the successful odds on the draw over there? that brad's alluding to you have no draw you have you basically have everything available so i'm a less this i'm a hundred percent guaranteed yeah are you shitting me i don't have to apply and buy a license in the in the first and then apply for the eland you buy you have a hunting license which is there it's included in your fee which gives you which allows you to hunt any of the species that we have the only um time you need a special permit is for CITES animals, which are rhino, leopard, oraby. There are a few of the species you need to have a What's tag. What's an oraby? An oraby is, is one of like those. Is that like a toothbrush? An oral yeah, bee toothbrush? It's like a... It's you cracked about a funny. 
Yeah. That was a dental joke. Uh, <laughs> well, he got it. I it's know. a 30 pound. <laughs> did you notice? Did, you, did, did, did. you hear that? He uh-huh. cracked the funny. That was funny. Mm-hmm. Well, putting this in perspective. <laughs> no, no, tell us what that is first. <laughs> yeah. yeah, it's a 30 pound little antelope. We've got antelope. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's one of our minis. We've got Does it have great big horns and like two feet tall? Yeah, like five inches is a great one. But we've got a blue diker. A gold medal blue diker needs to be one and a quarter inches, the horn. Oh, so my gosh. What? What does that, that mean? That's a trophy? One that's the gold medal standard for like wow. Safari Club or How, whatever. What's the biggest they get? Uh, about two. Oh. So we're going to focus when we get over there, Russ, on more on, big on him stuff. Shooting, <laughs> on Brad shooting a one and a quarter inch diker. <laughs> I'll be the tag that's along. It, I will it. spend all day. Is that two? That's we're not <laughs> shooting two inches. <laughs> no. Fuck that. We're going for one and a quarter. Sable. One and then the slot. We got to yeah. be in the slot, I'm, Russ. I'm going right to the sable. <laughs> Russ, we're going to the yeah. slot. You know. So, um, no. Well, no, if this Chris, is funny. Chris Clark killed a great sable over there. This is funny, yeah. If you put this in perspective, try, trying to draw a special elk tag in Wyoming, you got $15 for the application. You've got almost $2,000 just for the license. You got 52 bucks for a preference point. I mean, pretty soon, you're, you're at past 2000 And if you live bucks. in Michigan, you're Bob Miller. You have $500 in gas to get out here. That, that's that's uh, 50% of a flight, brother, to Africa. Right. Yeah. And, then, and then you have meals and lodging on your way out, which is, you know, um, now he, he could probably, I, you couldn't do that for 500 You'd have to eat 11 times. That wasn't even nice. That would. That, that I'd was have a cheap to. Shot. I'd have to stop and go potty eleven times. That's for sure. Yeah, that one hundred percent is a lot. Exactly. It'd be more like thirty-seven. <laughs> oh yeah. Yeah. So we have no. We, we don't have tag fees. You know what? I'm so glad you Nothing. said that. So that's two. That's five. That's three thousand. That's three thousand fifty-two. Three thousand sixty-seven. Three thousand sixty-seven dollars based on what we just talked about. Five hundred dollars. Five hundred dollars to get out and gas. Five hundred uh, in a, a hotel and the lodging food. Fifty-two, fifteen, and two thousand for do-it-yourself hunt. So that's a, half your package. That's a right. DIY. Africa. That's half your package in Africa. Done. Your first three animals are just paid for right there. Yeah, isn't that crazy? I mean, when to you put get it in that, there, you know, amazing. I'm, uh, so a, a sheep tag in Wyoming for non-residents over three grand. Plus, you got to throw, you know, t- what thirty years of one hundred and fifty dollars so worth of points. I have a question. We have a, we have I mean, something that's called. A, just think about that. No, no, I, I am. <laughs> that's what provoked this, and this is what I'm thinking. It was really good. That's the first time you've ever came up with something good on this podcast. Um, so <laughs> took so, two hundred of them. Uh, are you good at therapy? Because I get beat down a lot. <laughs> oh my god! We've so got. I've got can some. You, I've can got you give me guys? It'll be great therapist. <laughs> <for you. laughs> You know, see, you've spent time with him outside yeah, this yeah. podcast. People go, Brian, you're a little rough on Brad uh, sometimes. I'm like, have you ever spent l- three days? <laughs> oh my God! Sometimes Anybody that's ever spent one day with you and what, us. What do I? What podcast? do I usually say when somebody oh, no, else? No. I, I, hey, thanks for taking the heat off me. I appreciate yeah, exactly. that. Hey, 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 hey! Listen, okay? No. <laughs> okay, we have what's called a uh, uh, um, help plan, hunt expedition layaway plan. Okay. So if somebody sends us, say they want to go on a, a twelve thousand dollar hunt two mm-hmm. years from now, okay, and they can do six thousand a year, so they want to double this up, okay? okay? They want to kill a little bit more exotic one, a more expensive one, but they wanted to double this up, and they send us say two grand for a deposit. Yep. And they start making monthly payments, and we just forward that to you. Yeah. 
Totally. Absolutely. You, you'll do that all day long, I'll part of that. our system. What we do with the first deposit is he can choose his dates as well. <laughs> he can say, in. I want to come in. in May, June, July. I want to come in October. I want to come here. And we put the dates together <laughs> yeah. and give that to him yeah. so that you know when you're going and what you're work working towards. So literally, yep. we want to help. When we say we want to help anybody, I mean, this is not an exclusive club. It's an all-inclusive club. You, you, Brad and I, in full transparency, have never been there. We've never been invited to go to Alaska before. Africa. Um, or Africa. South Africa. Africa. We've been invited to go to Alaska. We've never mm -hmm. been. You've never invited us. So we would <laughs> 18th of July. <laughs> Throws down the gauntlet right away. There it is, guys. Oh, we're going to dinner tonight. He, he, he has his screwdriver and his hammer out. And no, he's you gotta listen. Oh, shit. I got to go home and go to bed. So truth be told, we've had this kind of plan for a long time. Because I've got my mental list. I'm, I'm saving the little one-and-a-half-inch thing, but he's going to need, like, a yes, shotgun. Yes, you are. He's going sure. to shoot that with a shotgun Yeah, you forever. do shoot them with a shotgun. Oh, you do? You chase them with dogs and shoot them with a shotgun. <laughs> well, then well we that sounds then better. Then that then sounds more fun. We, we shouldn't do that. for It would take weeks to get that done with Brad. At least you got a goal anyway. Uh, Brad, that, that's for when you get you know back in what's the name of that? What's the name what? of that little animal with one? Blue diker. A blue diker. You need to get in blue diker shape. Like sheep shape, you just need to get in blue diker shape. <laughs> I think you're already in <laughs> shape. <laughs> <laughs> uh, that was and a on nice that note. <sighs> what, what the hell? Okay, so anyway, I was, I was happy till that moment. All right, so <laughs> let's go back to this. So okay. no, no tags. They're all a part of it. So good question for everybody listening. Okay. Mm -hmm. When I get over there, how much are my licensing fees of this? In addition to the six thousand, all your trophy fees are included in that fee, and that includes my Everything. license and tax. License. Okay, tag. I'm just making sure there's nothing. This is what there's we deal nothing. with all the time. Is there no. any other costs? There are no other. How costs. about taxes? Five. No. I'm in Canada. Is there a five percent GST? We have a fifteen percent VAT that we included in our package hunts. Okay. So, really. So yeah. so there you go. They, so, so you you just price it to be a business. Yeah. This is your package. That is what you're getting. Okay. At. I bought a pair of Levi's, and the tag on the back was an extra twenty one bucks. I'm gonna have to charge you for the tag at the checkout. No. No. Levi just says we'll make that tag a part of the price. Yeah. We include that. Yeah, yeah that's interesting because yeah. if you go to Canada, you got your tags, you got your license, you always, got your charter, always you got 5 your at the end. You got yeah. your four and a half, uh, whatever that tax is. Yeah, and I, mean, I love Canada. We have some of our best friends in the world. Canada. And I love Canada. I'm not shitting on Canada. It's just that it, it is a big, you know what I'm saying? We have a VAT tax. It's only applicable to day fees, not to anything you're exporting. So if you're exporting wildlife, it's no, there's no VAT on it. Um, wow. And I include the, the day fee, the, the prices are included on your day fees while you're there. So, so go, ahead. <laughs> go ahead. Okay, I was going to, uh, yeah, the, the pricing is really remarkable on this. I was going to go, because some of the other things that we hear a lot of questions about and talk about, rifles. Um, some of the things you have to have a big enough rifle, and it's by law, isn't it? By the law, you need anything... Um, from Buffalo and Dangerous Game, you need to have a 9.3 millimeter or 375 is a is a minimum caliber. You can kill them with less, but it's it is illegal. Uh, your Dangerous Game, I don't I don't think you should ever be there with anything less than a 375. And mostly, 
They kill them very well, but it's when they turn around and come your way, you've got to be able to stop. You need a truck to stop, stop them as well. Yeah. So, yeah, you we got to hurry up and, and uh, poop your pants and get the shot yeah. off. So, a lot of the game, most of our planes game is, and guys always say, well, what rifle should I bring? My advice is always the one you're most comfortable with. What did you tell me today you kill so most of your animals with? I kill most of my game with a 240 Weatherby, but it's too small to shoot most of our game. We shouldn't be shooting a 6mm on some of the game we do. But right, I shoot I a lot of animals. and <laughs> I just want every listener to know. You're in good company here, brother. I, I, I know. <laughs> I, I yeah. just want every listener to know. No, he's, he said it shouldn't be. Right. How, you shoot a lot, don't you? Yeah, I and shoot a been, lot. You've been shooting since you were a kid. Yeah, since hey, I was four or five years old. Yeah, and, and game. yeah, yeah. I mean, I've been killing blackbirds and sparrows and swallows out of our barnyard since I was five years old. Yeah. And so, like you, Brian's you know? six six two ninety, but he's uh, he can't hand. How God. is he gonna hunt him parrot? and Ankner? You know, talk about hurtful shit. <laughs> How's he gonna? Because I don't know. Do you think he can shoot a okay, seventy five? So let's back up. No, I can't. He'll be okay. <laughs> He'll be good. I, all I can say is don't bleep that one out either because that was <laughs> organic, really well-placed, too. Um, okay. Um, so no one wants surprises. And I know I keep yeah. coming back to this, okay? Mm -hmm. But we get collateral and catastrophic thinkers every day, in which I get, I understand, that it's always yes. about prices. So when they leave and they go to the taxidermist yes, and they want it shipped back, how do they pay for that, and what's the best way to handle that? There are, no, there are no fees while you're there for taxidermy, zero. We go there, and we, you will just they, – they will drop off the taxidermy work, and probably a week or so later, they'll get an email going, we have received in good order the following trophies. And they'll be listed with the parts they received, whatever they are. And you'll be going, okay, I shot a – a buffalo, and I've got a cape, a back skin, a scrotum, four feet, a tail, whatever it is. And then they'll say, what do you want done with it? And you can go, well, I'm going to have this dipped and packed to my taxidermist in the U.S. Or I would like a quote on mounting it or tanning it and mounting it. And so they will then say, right, if you want it mounted, how do you want it mounted, left, right, whatever, how big, what, is it a pedestal, is it a wall mount, is it whatever it is, and they'll say, there's your quote, and then there will be a shipping charge on top of that to get it back to the US. If you want it shipped, they'll say, right, here's a quote on dip and pack, and shipping, and we will then send it back to your taxidermist. So you don't have to worry about any costs involved at that time. You will then wire transfer money to either a, a US-based account or a South African-based account, depending on where they want the funds sent. There's no money. You don't need to worry about taking money for taxidermists during your hunt. That'll happen four to six weeks after they'll take a deposit, and before shipping, they'll take the final payment. Okay, so, and I know the, I, I do know the answer to this, and I know how you are super good at this, but I come over there. One of our, one of our hunters comes over, a member of ours, books a hunt. Mm-hmm. Through Rolling Bones, we get them all set up. They're over there. Um, they decide when they get there that they should harvest another um, said specific dozen animals. Yeah. Okay, how does that work? That happens on every single hunt. <laughs> <laughs> Nobody in the history of hunting Southern Africa, I think, has stuck to what he was actually going to hunt. Right. Unless it wasn't available to him. 
but you we have you'll have a, a rate sheet and you're going to see a lot of different species that are not on the package you on and you might go what is that what is that what is that what is that i really have to shoot one or two of and those and so you can whatever. get that tag immediately you can shoot you there are if we have quota available which 99% of the time we will have a quota you can take whatever species you want and you add it on at the listed trophy rate yeah. no extra and you pay fee. at the end of the hunt and you pay at the end of the hunt and i know for us our guy and i don't want to say this is how we're going to do it in the future but literally, and in, in, I, I don't check WhatsApp much, but the last gentleman we had there, I checked it, and I'm like, oh, wow. <laughs> um, good on you, Russ. Yeah. Um, we need to send you <laughs> X amount of money because he went and did that, and I guess he paid us for the extra, and uh, yeah. um, away you went. Yeah. And I was like, perfect. What a hunt. Great hunt. And he's going to be back in two weeks' time to book another hunt. He went on his on his once in a lifetime African hunt last year, and he's coming on his second once in a lifetime one this year. I love it. And that is a normal. That is a, what a lot of African hunters do. Okay, I'm a big giant bow hunter, but I uh -huh. want to bring my own rifle. Can I bring a bow and a rifle in the same case? Yes. Okay, perfect. Yeah. And can I can I tell you I, I want to give 90% of my attention to bow, but if we see something I can't get close to, can I grab the rifle? Yes. Because I'm a Pope and Gunner. It's going to be, I understand, I get a lot of those. <laughs> the, um, I, I stole that from Shane McGowan. I, know, I, I just want Shane to get full credit for that. Uh, I'm going to give him credit three times, and then I'm going to own it. Okay, Okay, Shane, that's the deal. So anyway, Pope and Gunner yeah. well, was perfect. And realistically, it would be easier if you were going to go after your stuff with the archery gear. I mean, he's got rifles there. Wouldn't that be the easiest way to do it? I tell a lot of guys, if you are going to do majority archery, then bring your bow. You can't use someone else's bow because they're right. tuned for you and right. you've got to know what you're doing with them. And if you do want to pick up a rifle, we've got 30-odd guns that are there. They're all, all good guns, reasonable planes game calibers, and they've all got suppressors on them, so they're easy to shoot. Yeah, so, the Canadians yeah. and guys from Chicago and stuff, they had to go to Africa just to so shoot a you're, suppressor. You're equipped to do archery or rifle <laughs> I, we hear a lot of yeah. people, well, do you have any archery-only camps? Tell us about the – I mean, what would someone need that for? Why have I even heard that before? Because some bow hunters do not want to get involved anywhere with this bean rifle. I've got an archery-only camp, and it is – it produces superb trophies, and there are no rifles ever. It is, oh, really? It is 90% so from blinds. archery. Yeah. They c you can do it. Absolutely. Uninterrupted, yeah. basically a blind hunt for it's, archery. Yeah, and it'll be – it's limited in species because they all, they're only species that occur. And they are uh, – you can go there on an eight-animal, ten-day hunt, and you'll get – I've never had a guy leave without taking whatever he wanted, everything, and more. So you can do that. The shots are close. They're between 12 and 20 yards. So it's established just for It that. is established solely for archery um mm -hmm. it's open onto the river it's not uh it's not a it's not a place that is high fenced you'll see leopards in your blind you'll see elephant coming to the blind they're not on the menu you may not shoot them uh, whoa, whoa you'll see leopards there. in your blind i don't want leopards in my blind i want at to see leopards blind. oh okay <laughs> at your blind <laughs> bit of a difference so, because you have access to basically i mean the full 
menu of yeah. African Absolutely. Yeah, was, everything. That's what I was going to ask you, yeah. Russ, too, because in North America, we're familiar with uh, high fence, free range, private, um, public lands. Describe the terrain that, you know, you'd be hunting when you come out. Well, 90% of the land in South Africa and Namibia is high fenced. They, they be, even the big areas, it doesn't matter how big. I hunt in Greater Kruger Park, which is the size of Pennsylvania. Sure. Yep. It's high fenced. Yeah. Um, but... What is free range? How big must it be before it's free range? Um, we hunt on three national parks that are all over 100,000 acres. You can't see them. You never see a fence. You don't even know where you are. So your terrain would be a lot like you've got right back here. Rolling hills. Um, bushy draws. Opens, bushy draws. But you've got places where if you want to shoot long range, you can shoot 500, 600 yards or more. You can shoot half a mile or a mile if you want to. I mean, it's not that you can't do that. We've got places you can set up and do that. But then some of your animals are forest animals. So bushbuck and yala and, you know, species like that you're going to find in thicker bush and kudu. But then you might shoot across a draw at a kudu that's four, five hundred yards away, like you would with elk. When you see a really good bull, you need to be able to shoot. Mm. We always try to get... My cutoff line with most hunters is around 300 yards. But nowadays, the guys are shooting better. The equipment is better. And we're shooting 308s, 30-06s. So they're not long-range guns, really. So, mm-hmm. Right. Um, yep. But your, yeah, your average, uh, your terrain varies greatly. It varies from open desert in some areas to thick, thick bush and high mountains, so depending it's based on the species. On the species. Okay, that's yeah. what he's going to ask. Okay. Exactly. So National Park. Yes. So you have permits to hunt these national parks. We get, for the last 18 years, I've hunted three of the national parks. And they are... God, I've always wanted to hunt a national park. <laughs> yeah. Uh, what they do... For wolves, though. <laughs> yeah. and, and or, like, I go through Custer and I want to be like... I know, I know. I'm like, dude, I'd you're like to shoot that. <laughs> I mean, could you imagine just going into Custer National Park yeah. and going... Right, right. Hey, look at that great big buffalo. Yeah, he's Boom. mine. I, I would not feel... Would you feel bad about that? Well, you can get a tag down in Custer. Yeah, yeah. how many years would it take me to do that? Uh, good draw odds. Now I haven't drawn. I've because I haven't. Oh, come, how come I have? Because I've been applying the last five years for the uh, not the. Yeah, well, I, I must just not have good odds. No, what we do there is we get very limited numbers. So, but there are buffalo available and there's sable and there's lots of plains game. But you only get six of each species per year. Yeah. So it's a very limited area. Uh, it's got lots of game. It's got thousands and thousands of head of game. But in the past season. They culled 6,000 head because they've got to keep the numbers down to a reasonable amount, and then they give you a certain amount of trophies. So it's a sort of sounds like, number. It sounds like we should go over there for a service. It sounds like they have culling parties. <laughs> yeah, I have a little cull hunt. Absolutely. So, And that's another thing we offer. We offer cull hunts. We offer corporate groups or a group of buddies that want to go. Tell us about those. Uh the normal well, or the normal numbers are four guys will go over, four hunters. I shouldn't say four guys because yeah. last year we had two couples from one of the U.S. companies here go over and the two ladies and the two men and they share 100 head of game. And you then get to each shoot about 25 and you get all sorts of species in there from eland and kudu and black and blue wildebeest to blessbuck, springbuck, lechwe, warthogs, Man. anything you can think of 
are part of the culls. They are non-trophy animals, so they're not what you're going to be shooting if you go on a trophy package. How, how but they are adult females, males, young and, ones. And so then, over. and then the locals get all that meat then. Yeah, yeah I was going to ask about that. Yeah, and do you yeah. ever do you ever serve it? I mean, you know, did you eat? We eat a lot of game in camp, yeah. but we keep the prime cuts for our for our hunters because a lot of them want to try it. You cannot bring it back to the U.S. You can take it out of South Africa, but the minute you hit Atlanta, the sniffer dog is going to sit oh. next to your bag. <laughs> so right they funny. won't enjoy it. It was funny because we were just talking to a gal that is from Spearfish who's from Austria, and um, I was talking to her about the fact that my, my first job out of college was with a Bavarian sausage maker, Wurstmacher, mm-hmm. And uh, anyway, we were having this conversation and um, about all those homemade sausages, and she said, "Oh man, I'd love to get them back, but our USDA will not let them come in." You know what I'm yep. saying? Our, our uh, um, so anyway, she said somebody was trying to get them in, and a dog came up, and boom, out it went. Yeah. Um, and they're all sitting there going, "Oh, all that wonderful food is gone." So, um, uh, question: uh, I am in a situation, scenarios. Let's, uh-huh. let's w- work through a couple. I uh, met a Rolling Bones advisor, and he said I should go to Africa. Um, my budget would afford it. But I have a two-on-one. I'd like to uh, – two scenarios. One, I have a buddy that I hunt with, uh-huh. and we're both broke, and we'd like to do a two-on-one. Okay? okay. We'd like to speed a, split a species package up, but we both have a primary species, and we have eight grand apiece. We'd like to throw both 4000 Is that a possible, doable thing? A lot of times what, what I do is I'll take a package like that, and I have a non-hunting fee, and it'll be a daily fee that you you pay per day as an an observer or almost a like if you wanted to bring your wife exactly, or and, your wife wanted to bring her husband, and the two of them the two of them can both they can share that package. Oh wow! So you oh, can, unlike oh, unlike a lot of places, that's right? interesting. Yeah. So so they buy a package with a day rate for a non hunter, a non hunting companion. Can, they can both the hunt. two of them come over. They can both bring their bow. They can both participate. Yeah. Husband and wives could do that then. Exactly. Yeah. So you make this almost like, dude, why would you Russ, go? Russ has that figured out because by the time day three hits, yeah. they're all, okay, now let's put this on. Pretty soon they've all got a package and a half. Exactly. <laughs> that's exactly what happens. It turns that's not out what we want to tell package. everybody on this call. Okay. <laughs> uh, that's what's going to happen when I get over it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. No, you've never seen – have you ever seen a crackhead needing another fix? Uh, I haven't. Yeah. I, ha- I, I swear I haven't, but I've watched a guy that can't stop shooting. Um, the, the African dust will be like crack to you. Okay. Well, this one, this one, we should do. We should oh, yeah. do a two-on-one with you, and and I'll just I'll video, and man, I'm telling you, I'll just keep track of the um, finances. Okay, because it's gonna be awesome. Because Brad will be like, boom, holy shit, there's a boom, holy shit, boom. Was I supposed to shoot those? He's gonna turn around. And go, Was I supposed to shoot all four of those? And right, like whatever you, you'd like. You can be my loader. I'll just hand you the exactly. gun. You just yeah. hand me the You've other heard gun. Of bull- bird boys. I'm gonna be the bullet bitch. There we go. Does that make sense? I'll hand just over. be the bullet bitch. I'm just, just gonna keep handing it. I'm just gonna hand him ammo. Here, Brad, Brad, we got more. Here, well, Russ is kind of like crack. Yeah. Every time we see him, we're, we're all uh, all jacked up, and then pretty soon the year evaporates, and yeah. we haven't gotten oh, yeah. over there, right? So, speaking of bird boys, do you have bird hunting? We do have very good bird bird hunting and and bird boys, <laughs> but we have very varied bird hunting. Uh, March, April, May, June, we've got very very high volume pigeons and doves. Where you can could shoot. I shoot five hundred a day? 
Easily. Could I shoot wow. a thousand a day? Easily. Wow. Yeah. We should do that if too, you can Brian. shoot. If you can shoot, you'll shoot a thousand. You'll shoot a thousand rounds a day. At birds. We never count how many rounds. We only count how many we fold. I okay. didn't understand that rule at first, but I got that. It's, uh-huh. a, it's a good rule, and I live by it now. Okay, so we've got very good pigeons and doves in their millions. When they come, I mean, there are lots of them. We do. We've got a lot of ducks and geese, which we shoot dry land how on about crop guineas? fields. Guinea fowl. We've got two ways of hunting them. We do a traditional upland. Guinea fowl shoot where mm-hmm. we push them into cover and we, we use pointers and flushing dogs to point and shoot them. So, and it's a big bird. It's bigger than a pheasant. They're great to shoot. Right. Or you can do a Brad'll feel good. Or you can do a driven <laughs> guinea fowl shoot where you get a line of guns and they'll drive anything from two to 3,000 birds over you. Whoa. So do you have the what? shot shells over there? We have. We use... Most of our stuff is European. Yeah. That's all we can get, and it's all lead for waterfowl, for, ga- for everything no is all that. lead shot. No, so we have, and it's so you can you you buy a, you bring your shotgun. You bring your shotgun. And you get, get the ammo, and you me. get ammo there. And we don't we don't charge up on ammo. It is you it's pay what it costs. Yeah. So ammo currently, I think it's between fifteen and twenty bucks a box. So. It's a, it can build up to a sizable number on pigeons, but it is there. You don't have to bring it, and you can't bring enough anyway. Well, the, the funny thing is, like when, when I went with Tuttle, he's like, how many, how many birds have you shot in a day? I said, the limit, 15. He goes, yeah, we're going we're gonna to bust right by that number in about five minutes. <laughs> exactly. So it, it's awesome. I mean, it I changes took him your to, life. I took him to Mexico. And we went where I, we, I used to go a couple times a year yeah. um, down there, and we have a, a, a honey hole, if you will. And it's, it's a DIY for us. Yeah. We're not paying it. We pay an outfitter that's licensed, but we have our own setup. Yep. Anyway, yeah, Brad came back and had to explain to his wife why he had a hickey on his um, neck because he was making out with a Beretta. And, <laughs> and, and she's like, her name's Beretta? And uh, anyway, it was just this big old gaudy purple hickey. I was there to watch her give it to him, too, which was a little weird. It's only weird if you make it weird. And then when she sucked on his neck, he was like, and I was like, yeah, well, you know, you did shoot about a thousand rounds this morning. Hot barrel. And I'm sure it's going to, it was like Uh a curling iron. Yeah, we get those too. And you can do that with doves and pigeons and ducks and geese sometimes. Our geese are shot out of blinds on dry land. So you don't have to wait in the water and go and stomp around. We dig pit blinds just daily. We'll dig pit blinds in the fields. Is it about the the same time of year then? Yeah. The the best months for your upland birds, you can only shoot Franklin May, June, July, August. So those are your high mountain growing Franklin very limited numbers, but seriously well-schooled dogs and a great hunt if you like really well-schooled dogs. It is. And on that same, when you're hunting growing up there, you can go and catch trophy trout. Oh, really? Oh, so, wow. Frank, cool. so Franklin so, looks a lot like a grouse. Yeah. To, uh, it's like, it's a, a, like your quails. Quail. It's a bit bigger than a – like, yeah. yeah, like a big rough grouse, oh, right? Yeah. 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 Hey, um, what about calling in predators? You can call in. Most of our predators are our big predators. You'll get in our big reserves. You're not going to be able to go and call lions right, or leopards. Right, but I'm talking like little coyotes. You can call jackals and caracals. You can call them 
mouth calls or Fox Pros or whatever the things are they use now, they come in fairly regularly. And you get, if you go out and you're in an area where there are lots of them, you can shoot six or seven jackals in an evening. Caracal. And maybe a caracal. That would be cool. Yes, I want one of them. Yeah. Super cool. Those we run with hounds. Um, we run caracals with hounds every day. Russ, you're so. going to be bad for me. <laughs> you're bad. You. You're a bad man. I bet it's going to be the bullet, bitch. <laughs> yeah. Because hey, Brad's going to be like, seriously, at the end of the day one, he's going to be like, so, Brian, we need to have a conversation about this. Um, I'll pay for your airfare. You're going to have to come back again because I'm going to be busy, and I need somebody handing me bullets. That's yeah. the way it's going to work. Because exactly. this is going to be his nemesis right yeah. here. And this is going to be your day. I can see um, why you get a lot of repeat you, business. You know, you've, heard oh, a, yeah. you've heard about dentists that shoot shit before mm-hmm. over in Africa? Yeah. We're well, going to have another one added to the uh-huh. list. Perfect. <laughs> right? Yeah. Perfect. Perfect. Yeah. Yeah, we get, I would say, 90% plus hunters return, return to, to Africa. Wow. Yeah. wow. Absolutely, mm. because there's so much to do. Yeah. And they so overall, well, I was kind of waiting until I was old, and my knee feels like I'm old now. So overall experience, you've hunted the U.S., you've hunted other places around the world, you've hunted New Zealand. What? Because as we wrap this up, I'd love to hear what you think the overall um, separation or difference is in your experience versus you know, like uh, me going to New Zealand or Africa or not Africa, Alaska or um, Argentina. What makes what? What's the experience that I'm going to walk away going? Wow! I think overall we've got great service and we've got professional guides and also we've got a huge number of animals where you physically go out and see herds of game. You know, I tell guys you you probably see 500 to a thousand head of game every day, and they go, "There's no way." And then they get out of there. So you lied about it. We saw more. Right. So you're seeing herds of different species, and they, they intermingle. They're not all in their own separate things. So you'll get a lot of animals will use each other's eyes and ears while they're out in the field. So you'll see mixed herds with giraffes and ostriches. They got the, the, those are the long-neck ones that will see you coming, and they'll mix with wildebeest and zebra and blessbuck and springbuck and whatever else there are around. So you see a lot of game and you get a lot of opportunities. If you don't get onto your trophy kudu, don't worry about it. Tomorrow, we'll go and look for another one. Right. You, the chances are you're going to find one. So it's not that you are going after one animal or there's one elk bugling in, and there are another 10 hunters all running around looking for the same elk. You're in an area where you're on your own. There are no other hunters. You don't share So we're share not going to run into people out there. No. There are no other people except you and your group. On an area, this international so. hunting—it's—it—it uh, it just gets—it it, kind of messes with your brain. I told Scott Palmer <laughs> we were walking. He goes, "So, Asia was Asian hunting was amazing." I go, "Dude, it was like okay, you lived in Alaska for four years. You'd go fly fish to the Arkansas River, right? Once you went to Alaska, you didn't want to go back." Right. right. I and mean, it's, it's like, like hitting that day for the silver run, <laughs> right. the sockeyes. And it's like every other every other cast when you're flossing, yeah. wham. Right. And then you come back here and you throw 400 times and go. And then you catch three about nine inches long. And you're yeah, like. That just, is exactly what Africa's you. like. The guys come out here. And a lot of hunters now just go, we don't even want to apply for tags. It's expensive. And the chances are we're not going to get them. So we'll just go back to Africa and 
Do some more hunting. Well, we don't believe in that concept. <laughs> I know you don't. Um, now you shush up in your face. If you'd like an application strategy for Western hunting, we'd like you to go to rollingbones.com. Rollingbones.com, we have a membership that will serve you no matter what your fiscal abilities are, and we can get you a dashboard with your application strategy that will fit you and your needs. Don't listen to Russ. <laughs> don't listen to Russ. <laughs> it's too easy. To erase the whole GD podcast right there. <laughs> no, it is, uh, it's a great place to go and hunt. Bleep that yeah. shit out, bleep. Yeah. Um, anyway, yeah, you know what? No, honestly, it's like I would say this in addition. Absolutely. Because an American wants to kill, a, you know, a lot of the U.S. guys, you know, if you're, if you, if you're like me and you grew up on uh, the cornfields of Iowa hunting yeah. the sloughs and the small timber lots for whitetail and pheasants and yep. trapping, okay, then you dream of the day you kill a big mule deer that you get to go spot and exactly. stalk it exactly. and, and, and pack it out on your back. You know, Brett Miller just had that experience for the first right. time, and yeah. him and I dreamed of that as little kids together. And so this isn't to take away from that, but while you're waiting 15 years to do that, yeah. <laughs> why not spend a few thousand dollars a year, start saving it towards a program yeah. like this, every other year do a six to $8,000 hunt with, with his crew, Yep. And and kill some animals and have an experience. An example, yep. one of our Canadian outfitters drew Colorado 17 years for elk. Came down. Yeah. Came down and went hunting. And and one of the guys in camp oh, yeah. says, I'm not shooting anything but a 350 bull. The biggest bull they saw was a 290 bull. Well, it hadn't snowed. So think of this. You got 17 years yeah. waiting, 17 years waiting for a tag. So you draw your tag. And and I, this is what I'd said to him. I said, well, you're an outfitter, so at least you can understand it. He goes, yeah, it doesn't still mean it doesn't suck. <laughs> I paid for an outfitter. I had 17 years to draw. I get there. And how was I to know there'd be no snow in the high country of the Rockies in Colorado? No elk. So they pushed no elk down. He said, we saw one 295-inch um, uh, uh, bull. And I start, I chuckled a little bit, and I go, yes, yeah, so at least you understand it because you're an outfitter. Yeah. I said, then my next comment was, can you imagine if you're a dude from Iowa that's been savings for 17 years. He goes, did you book that other guy into that camp? <laughs> and I go, I don't even know what camp you yeah. were in, Devin. And Devin goes, Devin goes, well, the guy was from Iowa. He said the same thing. And, and, and he goes, when I, and I go, no, but we, we do applications for hundreds and hundreds of Iowegians, right? Yeah. And yeah. then he, I go, he goes, he, he, I said, and he goes, when we got to camp, he said, I wasn't shooting nothing less than 350. So then we showed him the video of the, the, the 295. He goes, I'll shoot I'll that. that. Yeah, I'll shoot that. I would have that. 17 years. My yeah. hypocrisy, my boundaries, no, no limits. Yeah. But yeah. the dreams of most American hunters are based on elk, mule deer, and whitetails, depending on where they live. And most guys want to shoot yes. those species first. Right. So let us help you with those applications. Yeah, exactly. But in the interim, let's go hunting. Yeah. Let's go hunting. Yeah. Exactly. All right. Well, I tell you what, Russ, thanks for being on today. You're very welcome. Appreciate it's you. been a pleasure. This has been a great yeah. pleasure. A few years, we'll get over there. Um, <laughs> I doubt that. <laughs> yeah. Not no, really we'll, likely. We'll, we'll be there this summer. We'll be there this summer. It's going to be an amazing 18th of July. Show. 18th <laughs> of July. It sounds like we're going to be in there. And I tell you what, July is a good month for us. And uh, we're uber excited about it. Um, and we can't wait to see you. And thanks for taking care of our hunters because we've sent them to you. And obviously, you're right. It's it's for us as a business model, okay? One, we want them to apply and then help them find their hunt. Perfect. Or find the right outfitter that when they want to go hunting again, we have a relationship 
You know where to send them. That you, that you and I and Brad and our staff are all on the same page. So it's not, okay, just go to Russ. It's let's get this evolved and we're a part of the equation. And we yeah. really appreciate that. And I really appreciate working with you guys. And so and it's good. So thank you for taking care It's going to be a good long-term Absolutely. outcome for everyone. Yeah, we're super looking forward to it. So listen, if you're listening to the podcast today and you found this helpful or you'd like some other information, you'd like us to do another podcast, go ahead and get a hold of us at – Hello. Hello at rbohome.com. Hello at rbohome.com goes right to Bleep. Bleep will put it on a list. If you have some questions for us or if you have questions for us, we would love to actually answer those questions in a follow-up um, a podcast. We'll get him back on and we'll answer all the questions that you have because we'd love to hear from him. We want you to be a better informed adventure seeker. We want you being better um, at all of your, I guess, uh, success ratios out there in the field service access value education is what we want to provide go ahead and go to rollingbones.com rollingbones.com click on our membership look at what we have to be involved uh those of you that are already our members and have been our members and have been to the website i got great news and i got not so great news great news is we're going to continue to vet outfitters and build a better service the not so great news for a lot of you that haven't been Everything will be behind a wall starting in the next two weeks. Bleep is making um, some new uh, um, website pages, and they're going to express to you what we have to see. But if you want to be a member to get involved in what we have, you're going to have to go there and get a membership. Hey, how about that dashboard right now, though? Uh, and, and if you haven't seen the new dashboard because you don't have an apply, please go get with somebody you know that is applying. And, and why, we have gotten an overwhelming response. That we would love to do your applications and be your adventure service. So go to rollingbones.com, check us out. Until next week, stay safe, be healthy, and happy hunting.